0: The bosses in this game are rough, but did they have to be? Well, Paper Mario Color Splash already received its fair share of criticism following a lackluster reception to the 2016 Sticker Start 2, if you will. Despite boasting an admittedly beautiful aesthetic that charmingly weaves through the game's colorful vistas, a heavily debated card battle system, partnered with a hit to the series' history of original characters, gave the title quite a few dislikes across its various appearances. And while we could talk about that, And there's been plenty said about those factors already across the internet. The proverbial thorn this game delivered to my side was in the bosses. As much as I'd like to say that these bosses are misunderstood and just score a bad rep from the community, in my opinion, they fall short in nearly every possible way from what they could have been. And that hurts to see, because what they could have effectively done here would have been pretty great. So today folks, let's take a look at the major problems these bosses run into. And, while we're at it, see if we can't realign their vision into something a little less bleak. Hell, you living and breathing pain cans? I'm Skip the Tutorial, and this is Boss Battle Breakdown, a deep dive into the ins and outs of boss design. And hey, if this is your first time here, then color in that subscribe for weekly insights into your favorite boss fights. Kicking off with this blank canvas, the first pitfall these bosses stumble across is a repetitive and tedious structure. To explain, let's check out the introductory Koopaling baddie of Morton within the Crimson Tower. Within this battle, the opening phase of his fight is lined with these little pedal stools. Now, what these do is keep the big lug out of the danger zone and up in the air so his platform tanks an extra hit. Am I annoyance up the gate? Sure, but you use your quick wit to lay out a royal flush of calculated attacks so you smash through him and his minions with ease, smacking him a bit more with your dwindling card stash. His color continues to drain and you feel pretty good about your prospects for the fight. However, just as you're whittling down the big foe, He calls in his minions once again to throw down an extra stool and repeats his old tactic. In fact, this just about becomes his MO until you net enough damage on him for his fire phase. And the end result of this cyclical strategy is boredom, since the method of taking down this extra step stays fairly consistent throughout the fight, especially since the only changing variable is the aforementioned controversial single-use card system. And worth mentioning here is that I have no problem in particular with patterns in boss fights. It's tough to come across one that doesn't have a loop in some way, shape, or form. But when the repeated segment serves as just another roadblock that stands between the player and truly progressing the fight, it can come across as lazy design and an unneeded attachment to the notably tedious time to attack with the cards. And while repetitive battles create their own weak points, I think we also need to talk about how these fights handle pain. Or rather, just completely avoid the namesake gimmick. Let's take a peek at Iggy, one of the game's numerous coupling boss fights. In this brawl. Even though the catalyst of the fight is that this broccoli-headed turtle guy defends the big yellow paint star, it plays no significance in the battle. The developers opt instead for his gimmick to revolve around chariots, which really ties back to the central theme in no way except for the idea that it takes place in the so-called Golden Colosseum. And this is jarring because the game is predicated on this concept. So much show that your key interactions come to recoloring the world and juicing up cards for attacks. Moreover, from a story point of view, So much of Bowser and his chums plot come down to the stealing or manipulation of painted color within the world. Throw on top a leveling system that revolves around increasing your paint storage for these very encounters. And it begs the question, if so much of the external mechanics circle back to this point, why not directly emphasize that within the fight? Especially since the overarching reasons for going through these battles, anyway, is to collect these powerful stars. So I'd argue that mirroring this supposed power through these landmark battles would be fitting in a thematic sense to the gameplay and story drive to fight one of these Koopalings in the first place. While those points do place these fights on uphill battles, my main issue with the boss structure is the over-reliance on Thing Cards. For those of you who are unaware, serve as the ultra-beefed-up summons that land large chunks of damage on the baddies. Now, what's the problem with this? Inherently, not much. But the execution is where it's all lost. You see, in a number of these fights, the second phase of a boss can only be defeated through their weakness in the thematic thing card. Everywhere from the fire extinguisher used against Morton's hammer, to the balloons for picking up Ludwig's super LUD sub, and even the instamatic camera necessary for tanking Wendy Koopa's golden ring. It's a staple of these battles. And the problem here comes from the concept that if you do not use the specific thing card at the right time, you'll be staring at the other end of an instant death. What this means is that if you missed picking up the required summon for the match or don't know the proper usage for it, you lock into a losing brawl for essentially a trial and error practice round. And why this really irks me is because I believe the developers see this as a difficulty supplement for a boss. Since using the card on them when you're prepared isn't hard, nor is there much following the battle once you use it. This overall creates a poor relationship between the player and the boss, since there's not much substance to the fight past a simple deus ex machina card, which ultimately de-emphasizes your own skills as a player when it's an instant loss if you don't bring it along. Okay, so I've been laying into Color Splash's boss assortment a little heavy here. After all, it is easier to sit and point at the flaws than to flip the script and take an honest attempt at reworking into something a little better. And I think that if I want to be worth any amount of salt in this discussion, it's only right to throw my hat in the ring and offer up some reworks for these bosses in my eyes. So with that in mind, how can we make these bosses a little better? Well, for starters, let's say for conversation's sake that we're operating under the assumption that there's not going to be any large changes here. Such as combat system overhauls or removal of the thing card rhythm. So with that, my first suggestion would be to lean wholesale into the paint theming. With so many of these bosses serving as the guardians of their respective paint stars, What if they were actually affected by the paint in ways that gave them different weaknesses and strengths inherent to that color? They already play with this idea a bit in Roy's paint cannon based brawl with Mario, switching moods and tempos with the different colors. So I say, let's try applying that to some of these baddies. Say the red paint star coats more than extra angry, and you need to use blue to cool him off, or run the risk of fueling him back up with your other attacks. I think this would deliver a greater tie between the role they play in the story, and the mechanics and the flow of their fights. And make it all feel much more thematically coherent. On top of this, to deal with that pesky thing card problem, let's centralize the discovery of their weaknesses within the actual brawl. So for example, while you're battling Ludwig and have to score the balloons, maybe one of your considerations within the brawl is not popping some helium based attack. By doing this, maybe you preserve the colorful things, and that's how you can actually make these foes vulnerable. Adding in this shift will make it so that the boss fights are more of these paced encounters, as you discover their weaknesses through the same flow of context and dialogue clues, until eventually being able to lock down said weaknesses in the arena, and actually progress the match. No more instant deaths to punish the player for being unprepared, just set the time limit to failure to their own lack of survival while trying to snag the all-important thing for the next phase. And hey, maybe this will deal with the repetitive nature in a neat way too, since the cycle here is more of a backdrop for the player's discovery skills, instead of an impasse before the next matchup. So those are my ideas. And while they definitely could bring with them their own flaws in execution, and my admitted lack of first-hand game design experience shines through in their sort of starry-eyed shift to the gameplay, I do think there is merit to not only looking at how a boss fight might have gone wrong, but also on how we, the gamers, would like to see it improved. So I invite all of you to tell me your ideas on redesigning these fights. And hey, maybe our positive push to the series will reverberate into the next Paper Mario sequel. Who knows?